Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And sitting next to me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there, except I'm not sitting next to you. Sitting across from you. I know. I just didn't want to, you know. Yeah, repeat what we just did a second ago. Yes. Yeah, right. we, we do these in, in batches, and we never know which one's going to be first. That's and, true. The other so. one might go live second, and then this will seem like we're talking from the future. Ooh. Yeah. How does that work? Instead of like two weeks ago. So anyway, let's uh, start this one off before we totally get derailed with okay, a little then. listener mail. This listener mail comes from Tassin. Hello. Tassin says, Hi, guys. I love the show, although it did take me a while to get used to Jonathan. Hey, Chris Paulette, you're the man. I don't, I don't, I don't like Tassin. Very much. <laughs> I, I think he's great. Yeah, I thought you would. I'm the kind of guy who is a late adopter of most technology unless I immediately see a huge benefit for myself. I owned the first DVD player from Sony, and the improvement of the experience over VHS was revolutionary to me. However, when it comes to Apple gadgets, I'm a late bloomer. I got an iPhone this past February, and I was instantly hooked. So, now based on the new computing paradigm that Apple has created with the touchscreen functionality, I am eagerly awaiting the Apple netbook slash tablet thing. I was extremely disappointed to find the news on this is mostly rumor and conjecture about release dates. I'd love to hear a podcast where you guys can do a little history of mobile computing platforms and end with some details, anything official, from the about the Apple tablet. Thanks again, and keep up the great podcast. P.S. You guys have slowly become my favorite podcast, beating out Josh and Chuck with their a little too preachy for me topics. Hey, you know, we, we try to beat them as often as possible, preferably when they're not looking and we can run. I'd just like to say it took me a little time to get used to this email. <laughs> <laughs> Tossine. I like um, it a lot. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I, I think you should write in more. So we're going to actually focus mainly on the Apple tablet, the rumors around it, and what we know and you know why there have been so many rumors for so long. Uh, the mobile app thing we'll probably talk about in another podcast. We've talked a little bit about some of the other things like Android and stuff like that. But oh, well, if we're going to talk about what we know about the Apple tablet, this will be like a three-minute podcast. Yeah, we can't do that because Emily hates it. Okay. She she's uh, she's so tired of us starting an Apple like is it is it real? No. All right. That's it. Well, we have made that joke maybe once or twice. Yeah, apparently that joke is now old. <sighs> we we have ju- jumped the shark. So she's, she's only one person and you know no one else is complaining about it. Yeah, but she's she's influential. She's well, a journalist. I know she's a journalist. Okay, so let's go on to the Apple tablet. Good lord. I want to get out of here at some point. So, the Apple tablet. Uh rumors of this kind of popped up ages ago. True. You know, years and years ago, actually. But well, Steve they, Jobs has spent the last two years denying he's interested in it. Right. Uh, that was a, a, a rudimentary time frame. I'm just making that up. Yeah. Well, and, but, but even, bef- even before that, there were some rumors uh, based just upon conjecture. But then Apple uh, filed some patents a few years ago that kind of suggested that they were interested in developing a tablet. And it's not like Apple hasn't developed something like this before. True. You know, they have a, a, a pretty infamous PDA that, uh, that kind of is a precursor to the whole tablet craze. 
You know, we've got a lot of younger listeners, so I'd like to point out what a PDA is or was. Sure. Uh, a personal digital assistant or PDA, um, actually, they came on the scene, I guess, uh, early to mid-1990s. Yeah. The very first ones. Um like yeah, the there, one that you were about to talk that about. Predate that, but yeah, but I would say. Basically, they were uh, they were like okay, they were like smartphones without the phone. Yeah, and digital planners. You know, keep your calendar, send yourself alerts. Um, in some mm-hmm. cases, email. Um, especially when they uh, they got later, but you would have to sync those with your uh, with your computer at least at first. They right. couldn't they couldn't send uh, information out on Wi-Fi. At the right. very first, and well, of course, there they wasn't gained any Wi-Fi. At well, first. exactly. I mean, <laughs> this is the kind of thing that uh, that developed over time, and then, sure. of course, as soon as uh, Palm started with the trio, and uh, some of the others started making, sort of converging the two, uh, the phone and the the cell phone and the the PDA. Basically, we got smartphones, and nobody wanted an individual PDA anymore. Yeah, but it, it but Apple came up to, with the yeah. uh, with one of them, the very earliest ones. Yes, and that would be the Newton. Yes. Uh, actually, the Newton will play a part in our conversation later on. But uh, the Newton um, was infamous in that it had some half-baked handwriting technology when it went to launch. You just guaranteed we're going to get listener mail. Look, it is no secret that the Apple's handwriting recognition software was not as good as it needed to be when it launched. When it launched. Okay, that's what I'm saying. When I'm, it launched. You know, I'm never, not saying that the that the last Apple Newton to hit store shelves wasn't the best darn electronic device to ever grace the planet. It may very well have been, but those first ones were rotten apples. Well, oh, I, I have to say, I'm not being an apologist because I've never actually had my hands on a Newton, but uh, I think Apple... They're delicious. Yeah. Um... I think it's one of those situations where Apple found out then what uh, other companies, I'm not mentioning names, <clears throat> Microsoft Vista, <clears throat> found out later, which is the initial perception of the product. Um, it didn't seem to matter how much it improved. That initial right, perception right. really hurts Yeah. So if, if it's bad. If you launch a product that one of the most um, most advertised features ends up not working that well, yeah. it takes – It'll take a miracle for you to recover from that bad publicity. Very, very difficult. And, yeah. I, you know, there might be one or two instances of companies that were able to turn a product around and go from uh, completely being in disgrace to being uh, lauded as the best of the best. But it's pretty rare. Most mm-hmm. of the time, if you get that first impression and it's negative, it's going to stick with you, just like Chris was saying. And that was the case with the Newton. It, it had a, um, it became a, a punchline, really, yeah. for uh, people who were desperately trying to uh, to write a a sentence in, and then you would get this garbled message that made made no sense whatsoever as the as the device tried to interpret your chicken scratch. Yeah. Now. Yeah. That that's again a precursor to the tablet days. When we're talking about tablets, we're really talking about devices that have some sort of uh, interface, like a maybe a light pen or even a touch screen, um, that can interact either with a computer or on their own, uh, like the Wacom tablets, where it's very useful for people who want to do design work um, and and uh, illustrations, that kind of thing. Where they can draw directly on a screen and create their um, their digital drawings. Yeah, and um, you know the the 
early, the Newton and the Palm basically sort of set the stage for that, you know, because they offered the handwriting recognition. I mean, Palm's handwriting recognition was excellent, mm-hmm. at least a lot better than Newton's uh, original attempt. And of course, there are a lot of people who swear by the improvements made in later Newtons, but, um, you know, now we've got touch screens and there's all kinds of ways to, you know, interact with it. And, I, sure. and of course, tablets have been out for several years. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Um, the, the, ta- the tablet form factor is not a new thing. The no. new thing would be that Apple getting into this game. And um, back in August of 2008, the patent office received a patent from Apple for a device that was essentially a tablet that was running on OS X uh, because it was supporting the touch interface. And um, and that was really what kind of touched off the 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 first initial flurry of serious Apple tablet rumors. Mm-hmm. Now let's let's kind of expand the scene a little bit. In the computing world, you've sitting, got Steve Jobs yeah. sitting at a desk. I climbed the twelve stairs to my office. No, uh, we're not doing an <laughs> audio drama here. The um, no, when, by saying the scene, I'm talking about the, the different level, different kinds of computers you can purchase. Right. So, you know, with Apple, they do notebook computers and desktop computers. Yeah. I, you know, now that you say that, actually, that, that's kind of interesting because the, the Newton was one of the first things that Steve Jobs got rid of when he got back. Yeah. And, um, at the time, Apple's products were all over the place. They had all kinds of different stuff. They had an education-only PDA slash Newton-y thing called the E-Mate, which had only been out for a very short time before right. it was uh, – that was one of the products that actually was very well liked. And it mm. just never – it wasn't really given a chance. And that's uh, – the reason Apple's line is the way it is now was because uh, Steve decided to make it into four parts. Yeah, Basically, he wanted to streamline it. Yeah. You had a desktop and you have a laptop and you have a consumer version and you have a professional version. Right. And of course, now they're starting to branch out from that. Yeah, now that they've got the iPhone and the iPod Touch, which in a way are miniature computers. Yeah, and um, they didn't have those products back then. Right. So, right. but even even now, this is all stemming. It's from still them. very controlled. Yeah. Right. You know, you still have very clearly delineated lines of products. It's not like there's a whole spectrum. Um. So, but but one of the big Questions was that now that netbooks have become pretty popular, mm-hmm. you know, you had the combination of cloud computing on the rise. You had the recession kicking in. So people had less money to spend on things like computers. Yep. And you had these incredibly cheap netbook computers that didn't have a lot of resources, but allowed you to connect to the web where you could use web services. People and are very small and portable. Right. Exactly. The other part of that. Uh, people started to ask the, the natural question, which was, will Apple get into the netbook game? Because, you know, they don't have anything that's in that space and they could take advantage of that. You know, they could throw in because one thing Apple's got hands down is selling style. Really? Apple. Yeah. Apple sells style better than most fashion designers. Um, their products are beautiful. They're beautifully designed. Uh, because they are such control freaks, the applications often also look very beautiful because they, they have to fall into certain parameters. Um, they're not necessarily going to be the best product or application for every single thing you want to do, but it's going to look really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you pay for that style. They, they are premium products. They are more expensive than, uh, than PC products. Now, 
before I get all these, this listener mail, let me go ahead and say, <laughs> if you were to build a PC that had the exact same computing power as the, the iMac or whatever counterpart, it would probably be about the same price. The reason why you find really cheap PCs is a lot of manufacturers will make PCs with uh, materials that are like, like slower processors, less hard drive space, you know, whatever they're, they're using, uh, things that Apple would not use. They don't want to use products below a certain threshold. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, also buying what, what they do and using what they do in the, in the computers and other devices, it also gives them a very narrow set of hardware that they need to support. Right. Uh, you know, PC manufacturer might use a whole bunch of stuff across the board. And then that means that they have to spend, you know, the time and effort to, you know, either support it or, end of life it, EOL it. Yeah. You know, and they Yeah, the thing about a PC is you you can never be sure when you purchase one if the company that manufactured it is absolutely certain that all the elements inside it are compatible. Yep. Because your video card and sound card might have some problems and I mean these sort of things do pop up. Now with Apple products, it's much more controlled so you don't have to worry about that. So that's another good point point on Apple. Actually yeah, Microsoft has to worry about that because, you know, Apple's OS 10 has to work on all the machines that Apple's ever made that were compatible with it. I mean, it knows exactly what models will and will not work with it. Right. Um, like Snow Leopard, for example, not sure. working on the PowerPC processors. Right. Um, but Microsoft has no way of knowing whether you're using uh, Packard Bell from 1992 or uh, Dell that you bought two weeks ago. Right. And the processors in those and the kind of RAM that they use and all that other stuff are unknown. And so... You know, there's some there's some issues there. So to bring this back to the Apple tablet, because boy, did we get off on a tangent there. Well, well, just saying that there's, you know, that that's part of the functionality there is they go, yeah, we know exactly what's in here and it's going to work. Well, the point being that there's this space between the iPhone, which is a smartphone, or the iPod Touch, which is a miniature computer, a miniature computer slash MP3 player. Um, You have a big wide gap between that and your lowest level Mac books. Right. There's a, there's a big price gap and there's a big just device or the Mac gap. Mini. Yes. Yeah. Or a Mac mini. So, uh, so let's say that, you know, you want to get into this netbook space. Well, sure. The Apple executives have already said that they would not produce a notebook style computer for around $500 because they would be incapable of creating one that wasn't crap. Mm hmm. The idea here being that they would have to, um, they would have to compromise their standards in order to create a device that would meet that price point and they're not willing to do it. Now, some people have said perhaps the tablet could fill that niche because it wouldn't be a netbook. It would, you know, have no keyboard. It would just be a, a device that you would have a touch screen. Everything would be, uh, touchscreen enabled. You might have an accelerometer in there as well so yeah. that it works like the iPhone and iPod Touch do. <laughs> I bet that it's going to have an accelerometer in there if they make one. Oh, sure. Considering the, the games market for the iPhone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The games yeah, thing yes. would make total I'm, sense. Sorry, just an aside. So this, this device would kind of fit in that, that air, uh, that area, you know, mm-hmm. you might be able to price it kind of competitively with a lot of the netbooks that are out there. Now, as it's turned out, the rumors appear to state that it would actually be much more expensive than your average netbook. I'm sure. And if your average netbook is around, say, 400 bucks, the most recent 
rumors I've seen for the tablet's price range between $800 and $1,000. Yeah. Now, when you think the lowest price MacBook, I think, is $999. Mm-hmm. So that's 1000 bucks right there. Would you be willing to pay the same amount for a tablet as you would for an actual full notebook? Don't know. I, I, Depends on what you're going to use it for. Yeah. Well, I just can't imagine doing that. It's, it's, to me, it's really, I mean, that device would have to be phenomenal for me to sit there and say, you know what? This is worth the same amount as a Mac notebook. You'd have to see what the market's going to be for that kind of thing. And the yeah. market for a tablet computer in general is considerably different from the kind of person who would normally buy a laptop. Or desktop for themselves. Yeah. Because, la- well, at least traditionally speaking, the, the tablet computer has been aimed at, uh, professionals in certain industries. Like the predominant one I've seen is medical mm-hmm. because they carry those, those, um, computers with them. And it's, you know, the tablet computer is much easier to, to carry than say a laptop because, uh, you know, it's more like a notebook would mm-hmm. be. And then they can make notes on it with the, the stylus. Um, and it makes a lot of sense, actually. That that's an application that that's sort of a no-brainer in my and, opinion. You know, I can see artists and things like that, and people possibly. You know, there's the idea that people might be able to consume media, like you know, mm, music, videos, media. television shows, all that sort of thing, using the tablet. So right. there's that possibility as well. That brings us to the question of what is this tablet going to use as an operating system? Because there are two two different philosophies at play here. Hmm. There are those who think that we're going to see a modified version of the Mac OS. I'm sure it will it. be. That's my are guess. You? I'm okay. sure. And then the other people think it's going to be the iPhone OS. Well, yeah. Or, so it'll be either a smarter, slightly smarter version of the iPhone or a slightly dumber version of the MacBook. Yeah, see – the uh the iPhone OS is very similar in some ways to the to OS ten. Yeah. So it's not So you're saying it would basically be something in the middle between the two. Yeah. Whether but whether what approach do they take? Do they take beefing up the iPod or do they take the opposite approach where you you What, what you would know, you do? What would I do? Yeah. Uh I would probably just create a brand new OS. Really? Yeah. Because That's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but that they're already putting in the tablet work expensive. Here. I mean we don't even know that this tablet's coming out anytime soon. Okay, let's let's get that clear too. Oh, okay. Here's here's what we the reason I that was why the we, point of having this conversation. The whole patent thing was the first step in thinking that there was going to be a tablet. The next step was that there was a leak in the supply chain uh not like that kind of leak, oh. information leak from the supply chain. There was there were these Taiwanese uh companies saying that they were pr- creating these these uh large touch screens for Apple. Uh, and they were screens that wouldn't fit on any particular device that Apple is currently producing. So that led to the whole, oh, this must be for the Apple tablet thing. Right. All of like 2009 up through September, people were arguing about when this tablet was going to be announced. We kept on thinking, oh, it's going to be announced in June when, uh, when Jobs comes back. No, it wasn't then. Mo nope. was going to be announced on 999 on their big event. Yep. No, nope. no, it wasn't on that either. Um, there were six. Macworld January. Yeah. That, that's. Actually, that is the latest rumor now is Macworld January. Of course, that's the next big event actually, that everyone knows about. Yeah, they're not going to be there. They're not going to be at Macworld. But there is a lot they of conjecture that they're going CES. to CES. Kind of. They're not really at CES. Sure they're not. Well, according to the head of CES, they don't have a space at CES. 
And so, uh, and it would be really hard to fit them into that. I mean, you've seen them. They, they plan those booths out so far in advance. It'd be really hard to squeeze them in someplace. Mm-hmm. Be like, you know what, Sony, you don't need that entire width of the, the room. We're just going to cut off this last, you know, half of it. <laughs> I don't think that would work. So at any rate, um, again, all we have are rumors, uh, stating that there's going to be a tablet at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. The latest rumor is that it would be available February 2010 and that we would hear about it either at CES or some event scheduled around CES so that, you know, they could capitalize on all the tech news that's coming out in January. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some reports saying that we were going to see it as early as September or October. I don't think that's happening now since nope. September is over. Yeah. <laughs> and we're into, I mean, no, granted, maybe from the time we record this podcast to the time it publishes, they come out and say it. In which case, we're going to feel pretty silly and we're probably going to record something else in this place. Right. In but, a hurry. Yeah. But right now, there's no indication from Apple whatsoever. Um, although there was another interesting development that's going back to the Apple Newton. Oh, yes. And an old friend of Apple has made a, a return after a very long absence. I'm guessing you're talking about Michael Chow. Michael Chow, who was uh, one of the people working on the Newton back in the day. Um, he was uh, one of the champions of the Newton. And so he ended up taking a lot of um, <laughs> abuse when the handwriting uh, recognition feature didn't work out quite as planned. Well, based on my research, he was the person who convinced then CEO John Scully that it would be a great idea if you included the handwriting recognition in this device. Right. Despite some engineers uh, arguing that it wasn't ready, uh, they went ahead and did it anyway. Well, he left the company. He's been away for 15 years and he's back now as a vice president. And as the recording, as of the recording of this podcast, we don't know exactly what he's doing. Although the rumor mill, of course, is flying that it has to be something to do with this mythical tablet. Well, he did, uh, spend some time as the uh, general manager for Nike Tech Lab. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, they're, they're, they do have a partnership. Uh, Nike and Apple do. Um, they make a system that allows you to collect personal information about your running and walking. And, uh, basically you can collect that in your iPod and upload that to your computer and do all kinds of personal statistics. Wired actually, uh, did a great article about it, um, about how tracking personal statistics is making people more interested in, you know, well, all kinds of things really, but, you know, workouts. Sure. So, uh, you know, he's, it's not like he was completely away from the Apple no, world. No, it's not like he, he has was, to be completely immersed back in Apple culture so that he can become one of the devoted again. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that's portable electronics right there. You know, so, so it's, that's the it's thing not is, though, uh, you don't, out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but you know, they also have these products called iPhones and iPod touches. That he could also be involved in. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I know. It's hard. They're, they're really minor. Hardly anyone's heard of them. But no, the, uh, yeah, so we can't really jump to conclusions here is what I'm saying. So bottom line, is the Apple tablet a reality or a myth? We still can't answer that for sure. I think the tablet's coming. I really do think it is coming. I, I think they're working on making sure it's absolutely as good a product as it possibly can be before they go live with it which may be the reason why it's taken so long for us to hear anything about it. They're just not ready. Um, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Steve Jobs was at least at first when he said they weren't going to do anything like this. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't telling the truth. 
And yeah. it, it, there's so much feedback. So many people are interested in whether or not the company's going to do it that I, maybe they're going, you know, guys, we can, we could make this happen. If there are this many people interested in it, we could sell these things. I we just, just wonder, have to do it right. I wonder if that, that, I mean, because Apple has created markets before, yes, as you were have. saying to me earlier. Yes, they have created markets before. They, the iPhone in, in particular is a market that they created in a way that no one else had managed to do. No one else had managed to make that inroad into the consumer marketplace with smartphones the way Apple did. Yeah. And they did. And there are some great products that they beat out for that market too. And, and they, they, they even increased their market penetration when they opened it up to developers. Once yeah. they did that and they created the app store, forget it. They, they sealed that deal. They, they became the consumer smartphone in the minds of a lot of people. I mean, well, everybody they're, they're is still not beating out things like the, the Blackberry, but in the minds of the average consumer, I would say the iPhone is right up there when you talk mm-hmm. about smartphones. Well, um, you know, the app store has spawned app stores for all kinds of other groups. Sure. You know, Blackberry and Palm and Nokia all have their own. Yep. And, uh, you know, the tablet could take on another device too. Not just, uh, not just the Microsoft tablets. It could take on the Kindle. That's true. It could become a, it could become an e-reader device. Now, granted, the way that be a very sophisticated device, something could replace your iPod, your computer, and an e-reader. But it wouldn't be e-ink. No, so it's it not gonna, so your battery, life, battery life, yeah, your battery life isn't gonna be the same. Uh, it'll also have a glossy screen because, uh, touch screens have to use that glass level. The capacitance touch screens need the glass in order for them to work. Right. You can't just have like a non-glossy kind of finish. I mean, you could put a finish on top of it, but even so, um, if you did that, then it would probably affect your experience in viewing other kinds of media. Mm-hmm. So it's not gonna be the ideal device to read books on, but it could, definitely compete in that space. Sure. You could start seeing books sold in the Apple store. Well, since they already have the uh, Kindle app for the iPod and iPhone, you know, it's... Yeah, you could just just extend it to the Mm. tablet. So that's the thing is that will the tablet run the same sort of apps that you can get off the App Store or would it be a totally different set of software? These are the kinds of questions that uh, would be very interesting to answer at Apple, I think. Yeah, I mean, we don't... I would love to ask things like, is it going to be, is it going to just refer, use Wi-Fi? Is it going to use some sort of cellular modem? If so, are you going to have That's an exclusive another, carrier like AT&T? Well, we have, you know, 3G networks transitioning now into 4G. You know, there's a, a lot of question. questions. So, and <laughs> unfortunately, Tassin, we have just as little information as everybody else out there because Jobs has not returned my phone calls. <laughs> It's ever since I said, you know, I really don't like turtlenecks. He just, he's been really oh, distant. Why did you say that? Yeah. I know. He's, he's giving me don't a cold mock shoulder. Turtlenecks. I won't mock turtlenecks. Oh my God. I can't believe we made that joke. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. We've been rambling for far too long. Okay. So right. there, that's all the, the rumors that we've heard. Um, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye out to see if, uh, what, what comes to pass. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that we actually do see a February 2010 launch, but time will tell. Mm -hmm. And so let's move on to our second batch of listener mail. This one comes from Catherine from Philly. As an iPod Touch owner, I am still cranky over Mr. Jobs' omitting of a camera from the revamped iPod Touch line. Gaming platform my great-aunt Fanny, come on now. (laughs) We all know that Apple just wants to give people a reason to buy the faltering nano product line for Christmas. Okay, it didn't get a still camera, but a video camera instead. But still, 
just wait. Next year, if the Touch's sales drop too much, then presto, camera. I'll just have to hang on to my first-generation speakerless device until then. Sigh. Catherine. You know, buck up. I've got a first G Catherine, iPod Touch, too. So. Why do you have to hate on Apple so much, Catherine? <laughs> I mean, why, why do you have this anti-Apple bias? Oh, no, don't go there. It's just nice to have someone else to talk to about that instead of getting all the email myself. If you have any rants, questions, comments, criticisms, anything like that, you can send your email to us. Our address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. If you want to learn about the Apple tablet, we don't have an article on that yet because it doesn't exist. But we got plenty of other really cool stuff at howstuffworks.com. Crispy and I will talk to you possibly about something that's real next time. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?